What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from Off Guard, and I've got some exciting news. Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi, is officially moving to our own podcast feed. We are now dropping two shows every week. Me and Pasha go way back and talk so much hoops already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on these conversations. Every week, Pasha and myself will hit on the biggest stories happening around the league. Tap into the show twice a week on our new Off Guard feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older. 18 and older in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. Arby's better not catch you slacking on snacking with their new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps. And your choice of ranch, barbecue, honey, mustard, and a bonus flavor called Incredible Value. You can't taste it, but boy, is it sweet. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. It's Pavin, real ones. Logan Murdoch here, Raja Bell there. Raja, you got a little smile on your face for the next guest that we have. You know, usually when we yeah. have an NBA player, I let you hold it down. Who we got in the building, bro? Who we got in the building? Hey man, this is one of the 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 best scores that I ever played against. Bag was like completely full, bursting from the seams. Um, he beat us. It, we with the Suns, we had a seventeen game win streak. Logan, like peep game, we okay. were seventeen game win streak. They held us over in in a snowstorm in Denver, right? Like snowstorm in Denver. Didn't get to play two days. Flew the morning we had to play these cats on national TV. And then they expected me to go out there and stop Agent Zero, Gilbert Arenas. It wasn't happening. They broke our win streak. Welcome to the pod, bro. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck I'm supposed to do with that, man? I'm fresh off with three days in a hotel room and flying all day. I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> what was it like playing against Rob, Gilbert? What was it like playing against him? Man, listen, I don't think people really... Like, to be a real scorer, you had to play chess with defenders. And Raja, you have Raja, Matrix, right? You have them both on the same team. Um, and my calculation, so my algorithm on offense was their defense is set if I'm playing against Steve Nash, right? So that means the help defenders are ready, me going against Steve Nash. So my job was to try to get Steve Nash off of me and get one of their better defenders off of me because the defense is not set to help them. Right? Mm, so that was my okay. job. If I can yeah. get Matrix or, you know, Raja on me, Steve Nash ain't helping. <laughs> right? Yeah. But if I have Steve Nash guarding me, Raja and Matrix are in perfect defending mode to help him out. So I was already in mind, let me attack the weakest defender first to get the best defender on me so it can be more of a one-on-one game. You know what's funny about that? And it comes to mind, man. We were in D.C. and uh, it was a good game. They play, They always played us well, though, because they they could score with us. Like, so this was, man, I, I forget what year it was. But he, he Gil got exactly what he wanted, though, because he had me on him. It was late game. They're down maybe one. And I don't know if you even remember it. It kind of, but it, I remember it because I gave up a game-winning shot. It was ISO. So, like, they were able to kind of flatten it out. And he got me in the crosshair. So there was no help. And he was able, he drove me right to like the free throw line, put the brakes on. I think I got bumped off with a little forearm. The refs didn't call it. <laughs> nah, but he cashed it out. And it's to his point, there was no help, right? Like the, the I was primary, so there was very little help, you know, coming at that point. He was able to raise up and knock it down. But I, I always talk about that, Gil. Like for all of you that were like primary world-class scorers, th- there was a game within a game always going on. From from your side, uh, from from my side, and the lonely part about it, I try to explain to Logan, fans don't want to hear it either, is I could do every single 
thing correct. Every fucking thing on a possession correct and still get hit in the face with a mid-range jumper. It's just what happens. Good, good, you know, good offense is going to be good defense regardless. Yeah, you know, as a as a great defender, you know, your job is basically to make it harder. Um, right. You know, the real the real elite players, especially on offense, they're studying how they're being guarded. They're studying the best defenders, right? So, you know, our advantage is what a defender don't know, like how you stopped me during the season, I'm paying attention and I'm working on it all summer. So that's my advantage that I get to see all summer on how you play defense. Oh, he guarded Kobe like this. How did he shut Kobe down? Okay, so when Kobe went by him, what what did he do? All right, he had Kobe pump fake. How many times does he stay down on Kobe's pump fake, right? So you're seeing what their natural thing is to do. Okay, he doesn't, you know, try to block the shot, right? He's not there to block a shot. He's there to stay down on it. So that means, okay, if his natural thing is I'm going to wait for the pump fake, then I'm just going to go straight up on him, right? Yeah. And if he gets it the first time, all right, the next time I'm going to try to give him a little hezzy, back him up a little bit. So we're working on that the whole summer because of how we were guarded, you know, in a game. Yo, the, I was I was watching, uh, I think it was it was Kobe doing work by Spike Lee. And he was talking, and then in the, in the movie, Kobe was talking about how sometimes he would save maybe a free throw. He would maybe save a jumper. Maybe he wouldn't shoot a jumper in the first quarter because he would, he, he, he said, I can save that till the fourth. What kind of things are, you, are those types of things that you're thinking about? Like maybe I, I need to get to the line now. My shot's not on at this point. I need to get to the line to, to get my rhythm back. Like what are you thinking throughout the game as you're trying to get your scoring rhythm? Yeah, so it's it's you have a first quarter game, second end of the quarter game, right? And you have a fourth quarter game. So you know, by the time you get to the fourth quarter, you want your defender all over the place, right? You don't want him knowing you're going to go to this move. So if I if I know the fourth quarter, you know, I want to shoot the jumper, the first three quarters, I'm doing a lot of driving, you know, to make sure he's on his heels for the most part. So when I'm coming at him, I can, and I know he's going to back up, I'm going to shoot it. If I've been shooting jumpers the whole game, then more of it's going to be the hezzy to go buy him for the fourth. So, you know, by the time you get to the fourth, you want this game to be a little bit of a mixture. And it, it all depends on the defender, too. You, I can't do the same moves that I do on Raja that I do on this person, right? So I have to really understand how this person plays defense to, to know, like, all right, okay, I got this package for Raja. I got this package for the Matrix. And then I'm sitting here playing both of them. So, so, so sometimes I do have to turn down a three because I shot the three against this person, but I didn't shoot against them. So I got to drive, make him, you know, so it's, it's games within the game. Well, Logan, you know, I talk about it all the time. And, I, and, and you know, on the flip side of that, it's so fascinating, bro, because it really is like from, from, an, from an elite scorer to a primary defender on an elite scorer, that is just a, it is a battle, a physical battle. It's a battle of wills. It's a battle of, of IQ. There's a lot going on. So my thing would be, and I talk about it a lot, to whatever ability I can convince my coach to participate in this, right? I want to give Gil different looks. Like first, when I guard him, I'm going to give him a different look as much as I can without getting torched, right? Like obviously there's some looks that he's just going to, he's going to tear up. So can't give him a lot of those, but I might give him a couple, like to his point, just to kind of bait him into that might be there. But really it's on the coach and the defensive assignments of everybody else. Like, he can't know what this pick-and-roll coverage is every single fucking time. Mm -hmm. Like, if he knows what he's getting, like, these dudes are so, like, laser-sharp with the offensive skill set that I'm going to change the look up individually, but damn, I need some help from coaches and, and my teammates to give him something else to look at so he doesn't, like, focus in on, okay, they're just going to keep giving me this because that's a wrap. I didn't know how great of a defender you were because you know you you guard the shooting guards, I think it was oh it was oh four oh five. You know I used to go to the game very early to uh, in Los Angeles to play the Lakers. Yep. Right. You know I just wanted to see what Kobe was working on, and he was working on the uh, elbow pull up jumper with his trainer, and he did a pump fake. He did a pump fake. Trainer came down, and then he went over and shot it, made it. Then spazzed. That's not how Rajah Bill's about to play about the defense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. You're not, you're not playing them for another two weeks. And yeah. he's sitting there. He's not <laughs> darn me. He's not going to do that. He's not going to go for the pump faking. And he's just like, he's livid. And I'm sitting there like, Rajah Bill, like, 
when, and I'm sitting there, when is the Looking game? Looking at the schedule, like, what the fuck? We don't have Rashad Bell on our team. He's preparing for you two weeks in advance. And it's like, yeah. oh, let me go in here and put this guy on. I got to see how he plays defense. This is ridiculous. Hey, boy, I say this affectionately. Affectionately. that That is some maniacal, like, bro, you want some, when you're on that type of stuff, like, that's some wild that's a wild level of preparation and just obsessiveness, man. But that's mm-hmm. what, you know, like, that's why you are who you are. Did you have a list like that, Gilbert? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm preparing for game by game. I mean, the only the only two teams that I really was was the Suns that year and um, uh, Portland is because of USA basketball with Dan Tony and um, McMillan, right? Um, that was the only, but other than that, I really didn't, uh, I didn't think of defenders like that, right? It was just, that was a whole nother level, but it, it put people on my radar to like, hey, if he's really like, he don't care about us or the next four teams, he's already on that. Like, oh my God, this is, this is how you prepare it. Like just watching greats lets you know what type of level they really are on. And it's it sometimes some of these guys are on a whole different planet. Let me, let me, let me fire a question, Logan. I know we have not started like on script here, but like, since we are in our proverbial bag, allow me. Um, Cause I often say, <laughs> yeah, I often say that because of what you just kind of described, like late in my career, I had an opportunity to maybe go play for the Lakers and, you know, financially it didn't make sense and it didn't work out. But if, if, if there was a regret, um, I mean, I have a few, but one of them would have been to play with him, Kobe, that being so that I could have seen that on a daily to some degree, seeing if I could if I could keep up with like not the player, but like the work ethic to see if you could live up to the standard. Do you have a dude like that where you were like, man, I wish I would have been able to see that up yes. close and personal on the daily? It's the same. It was him and MJ. Yeah. Right. It's it's him and MJ. You know, that's why when I when I heard that Kobe you know, was at the gym, you know, um, three hours, four hours before the game, right? That's what put me in that mode. Like, but I, you know, the only time I got to see it was two times a year. Well, when I was in Golden State, it was, you know, four times a year. And then, you know, once I got to Washington, it was two times a year that I got to see it and never disappoint, right? The the Like, it was like game seven before the game, right? And, and, I seen Steve Nash shoot before the game a few times. Uh, the most consistent was Kobe and Ray Allen. Um, but for the, now, think about in history. Like I'm there from 2001 to basically 2010, right? And Kobe every single time, even games he didn't play, and um, Ray Allen. Out of all the greats we had, it's like those two were consistently in the gym that early. So it's like being being able to like pick his brain, watch him every single day in practice. It lets me know how, as teammates, you really don't capitalize on the greatness in the moment, right? Um, so when people are talking about, yeah, I'll spend $100,000 to work out with this guy for two weeks, and I'm like, well, when you, when you had it for free yep. in your locker room, day in and day out, <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't do it then, so cap. <laughs> I have two reference points to you, Gil. One was when you played for Golden State, because I'm from the Bay. Um, and so, you know, watching you play and seeing you as a, a young scorer and then seeing that evolution in the second to the second reference point, which is you playing against Kobe, which was my favorite player growing up. And that 60 ball that you gave him in L.A. Can you walk me through the evolution of how you became? Because me and Roger talk about all the time on this pod the difference between a a young scorer who is who can get buckets but it's always uh maybe in spurts or it's up and down maybe he'll get 25 points one night and maybe he won't be um as effective the next night but what was the evolution for you to from that score to every night I'm going to get 25 attempts and maybe some nights I have to get to the, the I'm going to play against Kobe and I got to drop 60. How do you get from Golden State to that? Studying, right? Studying film, studying history, studying the game. What makes um, Kobe more consistent than, you know, uh, let's say a Ray Allen at that time, 
uh, Vince Carter? What is what is separating these greats? And it was who is the most consistent day in and day out, right? Who is preparing day in and day out? Who is sacrificing day in and day out? Um, you have NBA players who become NBA players when the season starts, meaning that when the season starts, that's when they want to party the most. Right? I mean, I'm going to clubs. I'm in every city. You know, I'm hanging out. I got the girls. I got the drinking. Right, and there's becomes the 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 professional when the season starts. Right, that's when they hone in. That's when the six months is locked in. Right, um, where they might go out one or two times that year. Um, you know, they probably don't drink. They probably have a, a diet. They probably are resting the most. And right, it it becomes this whole thing. So once you find your rhythm, once you find you know who you want to be from there is just, you know, dialing it in and, and staying focused to what your uh, routine is. And most people don't have, most players don't have an in-season routine. They have a summer routine. So, you know, when I figured out everyone does the same thing in the summer, right? Everyone is running the beach and preparing and working out two times, three times. Everyone does that. To separate yourself, it has to be during that six months, during the season where, you know, you have in-season routines when everyone else doesn't. Everyone is going by, we're going to practice for an hour and a half. Some might get shots up after or before. You know, if coach says, we have, a, you know, two days off. They really take those two days off. I had an in-season program where, you know, I'm, you know, I'm getting up in the morning. You know, um, I'm going to the gym, working out, team practice, working out after, you know, massage, going home. What's the day in the life of an in-season Gilbert Arenas? What's, the, what's that day? Like, so I'll wait. We practice back then 11 o'clock. So I'm in the gym, 8, 830. You know, um, I'm going through my full workout routine of, you know, like skill development, not just working out. It's skill development. Someone someone on staff or you got a guy? On, so back then, you know, we didn't re- y'all was more advanced than everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had to hire a, a ball, a high school kid to be my ball boy. Right, the rebound for me. So I, you know, like, you know, that first workout, all right, I'm going to work on pick and roll rejections, you know, step back to going left, right? That'll be that workout. And then I have the team workout. And then at night, it might be uh, pick and roll threes or just, you know, pulling up threes, right? And I'm, I might do that for the first week and then go from there. So I worked out three times a day, got around anywhere from 500 to 700, you know, shots up. Right. How important is that part of it? Right. Because we we see like you know, I covered the league. You know, you've been around the league your whole life. How what is how important is it for the the in season version of it when you, know, you guys are pra- NBA players don't practice that much it's hard, in terms of sanctioned practice. So you guys have to have those workouts. Sure. How important is taking those seriously, like on the off days or, you know, if you're not playing before the game and scrimmaging. Right. How How, how important is that? Well, it's super, it's super important. Um, you know, when you're, when you're someone, you know, like, like Gil was at that point, when you're, when you're tasked with being the focal point of an offense, um, you know, making sure that, that, that skill set is sharp and always reliable. It, it means getting in the gym and doing it on your own, because as you get into the meat of the season, like, you know, the overall team, they're, they're not keeping you in there long enough to really, you know, stay as sharp as they need to say. Can you dig what I'm saying? Now, as you get older and maybe, you know, let's say there's a player that's not really the primary focus of an offense. Well, he's still going to have to do something. It might just revolve around his body a little bit more, right? Like maybe this is, you know, yoga or getting in there with, with, with a guy who's going to help you work on your back or your, whatever you have going on outside of the scope of what the team's doing. Um, and and real talk, it, it becomes super important. And I always ask people this, Gil, and I'm going to go back to it. It's my old tried and true. It's important to have someone in your locker room, at least it was for me, to show me what that looked like. You know, mm-hmm. like I had, and I talk about them all the time. I had the Aaron McKees and the George Lynch's and the Eric yeah. Snow's. And then, you know, maybe even more importantly, because I was a young dummy at that time, when I got to Dallas, I had Steve Nash, Dirk Nowitzki, Mike, Mike Finley, uh, Nick Van Exel. I don't give a damn. I try to beat them in the gym, like on an off day, thinking I was doing something special in there with, with my soon to be wife shagging balls for me. We get there and Dirk's an hour into a workout, yeah. you know, Finn, Finn, I can't even get on the basket because Finn is on the other end working. And that's critical to have people in your locker room that, that show you that path. Right. Um, if, if, if you haven't been, you know, raised in a basketball culture that, that you already understand that. 
So who was yours, Gil? Who was yours? If you did, you have a guy. Was who was your vet like that? Mark uh, Mark Jackson, Philly Mark Jackson. Yes, sir. You know. Um, yes, sir. When, Jacko. <laughs> yeah. When um when I first got into the league, right? You know, we all we don't know what like being NBA players is. We know what being great college players are. We don't know what being an NBA player is. So we're trying to figure out what is what, right? And um, me not playing, the, the, everything was faster. Everything was stronger. Everything was more athletic than my brain can really process, right? Um, if it wasn't for Mark, I, I would have been overseas. Um, and what he told me, this was like game like 2025. And I'm sitting here like, I'm in practice, but not practice. And I don't get to practice. I don't get to play. Right? I'm not doing nothing. And he was like, man, listen, I played the last 25 games of the season. I got $25 million. The coach is going to call your name one day. And right now, you ain't ready for it. So I come here trying to get ready for the season because he had like a calf strain. And he was like, um, come with me every morning. So 6 o'clock in the morning, me and him are playing half court one-on-one, full court one-on-one. We're working on moves. And and he was like, listen, stop looking at everybody's greatness as greatness. What can you do against them? He said, you're faster than everyone. For a point guard, you can shoot the shit out of the ball. That's your strength. So now when you watch the game, watch how you will be playing versus how everyone else is playing. Like, you know, you grab the... So we're sitting there. He's like, yeah, you know, grab the rebound. Like, look at the lane. So now I'm... Instead of watching Mookie Baylock play it how he's playing it, I'm watching it how I play it. So I'm mm-hmm. getting all these reps in without really getting reps in. So it, Mark Jackson made me look at the game a whole lot different versus how I was looking at it before. Everybody was great. Like, oh, Vince Carter, oh my God, I can't, like, you know what I mean? I was yeah. so scared. I was so scared of... You're, you're still a fan. You're still a fan, lightweight, because you're just coming in. Logan, I can't express to you, bro, like... You know, like it sounds crazy. It sounds it sounds crazy, man. But this league, it happens all the time. And forgive me for what I'm about to say, Gil, because it's it, but it, but it's real. Like their talents, they come into the league and they don't get the benefit of a Mark Jackson grabbing them and saying, "Hey, bro, you're lightweight, fucking this up," and yeah. you never get to know who they are. Like they just they don't get raised in the right environment once they come in. They don't learn how to work the right way. They don't. They're not smart enough to do what Gil did, which was you know look at some of the greats and kind of model and figure out what they're doing to be better. And for that reason, they're in and out. And and you know somebody's gonna tell you ten years from now, hey, there was this cat man. We had him in training camp two years. This motherfucker could go, and you ain't never heard of him. It's crazy. It's crazy. Who was that person for you, Gil? But I had Nick Young. <laughs> I, had Nick, I had Nick Young, and I'm. I hated guarding him, bro. I hated oh guarding him. He's so talented. But I hated hey, yo, him. man, I, 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 well, I want you to tell you Nick Young's story. I got a lot of love for Nick Young. I, he was. I covered the Warriors for a few years before I got to the Ringer, and mm-hmm. Nick was my first. Uh, Nick was my first year, so he was like. I don't know how you guys like look at it, but for us, it was like the one player that was kind of like the vet for the media in the locker room, right? Like this was the person that would just be cool to the young person. Like Nick was always hella cool and would every, he was also hella goofy as Gil, I'm sure knows, but every, before every game he would, uh, after his workout, he would dribble back to the, uh, to the uh, locker room and would just try to shake the shit out of everyone. Right. Like just would try for security guards, he was trying to make them guard him. <laughs> and then there was a media member every every game that would try to steal the ball and he would shake the fuck out of him every time. <laughs> Except for once where my dog Mark Bedina got him and just stripped his ass. But he was he was a really good like like player to media vet. He, I, I fucked with Nick Young. Nick Young was cool. Yeah, he was probably when it came to Skill, natural skill. He's probably the most skilled player I've ever played with, right? It just, he just didn't, it, it probably was a little my fault, to be honest, where when I got hurt, that's when he came in. So I wasn't on my three, three times a day type of vibe, right? It was more like I'm healing, you know, I'm trying to hang out for the first time. So he caught me at the wrong time. If, if I had him when I was younger, you know, I would have demanded so much from him that he had no choice but to be, but to be what he's supposed to have been. How was that time for you, man? When you when you tore your because you were like regarded as one of the hardest workers on the on the Wizards and or in the league 
damn near like what how did what was that injury in the aftermath like that for you because after a certain point you get the deal and then like it kind of it, it just that you never were able to fully recover from the knee and then you know obviously other things happen but how, how what was that time like for you depressing right it's the it's you know as athletes we think we're superman right we think we're invincible we can't get hurt um so i didn't i didn't think this knee was that big of a deal. All right, they say, you know, six weeks, all right, I'm, a, you know, I'm going to train. So I'm still training. <laughs> I'm doing a parachute training. I didn't really understand how important this was, um, you know, to my career. Um, and, you know, me, I'm like, worst case scenario, I can just be a spot-up shooter. <laughs> that's, still a, that's still a Hall of Fame career, <laughs> right? <laughs> I can be a natural point guard, you know, who, who can't just pass the ball around and shoot threes? But, you know, um, I didn't take it. I didn't take it that serious. And, you know, you can see injury after injury after injury. Like, I wish there was load management back then where they're saying, like, look, we don't need you to come on the court and perform right now. We don't need to worry about the sick and the, the season ticket holders. We want you for the longevity of the, the, the game. I'd rather have you for, you know, 15, 20 years than, you know, think about the contract that's coming up. Um, one of the things that, uh, at least that's, that's current that I really wanted to ask you about. We all know about the James Harden trade. Um, and one of the things that, you know, we knew we were going to have you on and I, I kept thinking about is the evolution of, you know, just how a star moves over the, you know, the last 10, 15 years since you were in the league versus now, where it's not just James Harden, but it's, it seems like a lot of players are, you know, throwing up a lot of trade requests and they have as much power, I think, as they've ever had. Where do you where do you stand on how how star players go about things right now? Because it doesn't seem like there is uh, players that you know maybe want to stay on the same team or maybe want to continue to to do that. When you see how the Harden thing is has played out from Houston to Brooklyn to now uh, to Philly to now LA, how do you see that evolution from when you were a star to now how they move now? I think it's always been there. It's always been there where either star player wants to trade requests. Usually it always ended sure. bad for the player because it's, oh, he's a bad locker room guy because, you know, there was really no social media back then. It's a little bit of everything. It's social media plus the income. The income doesn't define the player anymore. Like you're talking about like Wimby is making $55 million as a rookie, Right. Before his before his three years is up, he would already have signed his first you know deal, which would be two hundred million. So in the first three years, he's unsigned two hundred million dollars worth. There's if he wants a trade request, there's nothing holding him back. Like he's already set for life. So what ends up happening is when a player is unhappy, you can't use money against him, right? And Kawhi mm-hmm. Leonard showed you that where he's really wanted to. Only players, him and Kevin Durant are really the only players that just actually turned down money and said, hey, yeah. I got $130 million here. Hey, I'm going to just go to Golden State for two years, you know, $52 million. Like, wait, what? <laughs> right? right. That was heard of back then. Back then it's like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to trade and sign you. So you're going to sign me to my max deal and then trade me for some, some things. So now the players are like, you know, if I don't like it here, I, I just want to leave, right? You put so much emphasis on winning championships to to seal my legacy. Now these players, that's all they think about now. They don't think about the, let me build the stats for the next five years and then, you know, try to figure out how to win. These kids want to win now because that's where their legacy lies. Like when Jordan Poole said, yeah, my legacy is already inked. Bro, you just got into the league. You don't even have four thousand. <laughs> you mean your legacy is <laughs> because championship ring makes it seem like that is your calling card when it's like your career is your calling card first, right? And I don't think guys want their 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 career. They want that ring first, and then you know. So now you got these guys just chasing you know the ring more than chasing you know a, a legacy. Is there any part of you? Because there is a part of me. I'm just gonna be. I'm gonna keep it a buck. I am all. Look, when you're in that fraternity, right? Like, mm-hmm. and and you've been a part of it. You're always going to feel good and support to the best you can. Players for having a voice. Because there was a time, even before us, Gil, where they had less voice. You know, we didn't. 
have a phenomenal voice in in what was going on, but but we had more than the ones that came before us, and yeah. and these guys have more than we did. But there is a part of me at some point when the frequency of it, like you know, and it's not all, it's not every it's not every player, and I don't make I don't mean to make this pointed, but it, do you ever cringe at 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 a request or two like mm, not a good look like. Or are you full like, hey, man, fuck it. You got the leverage. Because the reality is that the leverage exists because it was collectively bargained and you're not doing anything that you're not like allowed to do, right? So like, really, I mean, good for you. But sometimes I cringe. Sometimes I'm like, oh, shit, man, that ain't a good look. I, I, I do until I see like stories like Jim Jackson, mm-hmm. right? Where, you know, he has, you know, 10 years 12 jerseys. Like, come on. Like, you traded this man. Like, he's one of the players Fair. that actually never got a chance to really, you know, try to, you know, make a, a mark on a city because everyone's putting him in trade. So it's like, if the, the owners are, you know, if the owners are capable of just trading us anytime we want, when they're not happy with our performance, you know, a player, you know, they should have the right to say, well, I don't like the way this franchise is going. I want out. Fair. Hey, that's fair, dog. Because that's that's you know, the real it, talk. Hey, that puts you. Hey, they they're not asking. <laughs> yeah. They're just putting you in some shit, and you are off. <laughs> you, you know. You know what makes it kind of like the double edged sword for media? If a player sits in the city just collecting money, you call him a loser, right? If he demands a trade to a winning situation, now it's. Oh, you don't want to win by yourself. <laughs> like, hold on, you care. Like, you, because in the sense this, we, I mean, if you look at it in theory, he, James Harden is keep trying to go to better teams to win. Right. So it can't be a, a selfish thought if his destination is, I'm trying to win something versus keep putting me on these bottom feeding teams where I can just average 30. Fair. But what about the car? Okay, this will be my pushback, though, since we're in it. Here, here, number one. Let's get in the bag. Let's get in the bag. No, it's good because, listen, I, I was a throw-in piece in trades. So if mm-hmm. anyone can relate to, like, man, if I had some power, I would wield it. You know, mm-hmm. it would have been me. I just ain't never had no damn power, so I wasn't wielding shit. But, <laughs> but, but, but my pushback to James would be: a, he was pretty much moving to to really good teams. These weren't these were teams where his insertion into those lineups were kind of supposed to get him over the hump, and that mm-hmm. didn't work out. But for whatever reason, and and the second part would be like from the player's perspective that was in my league of player, the, the all of the wash that happens because of that, right? Like we're just we're just like, you know, throw-ins in the deals. We become the carnage and the wreckage behind the man asking for the trade over and over again. And what that looks like to his <laughs> brethren. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, God damn, James. Like, fuck, man. I ain't asked to get traded, bro. I'm not trying to be traded five times just because you're trying to get up at, get up and out, you know? <laughs> yeah, no. And, and you know, like, the aftermath was, if you've seen Gil's Arena with Kenya Martin, where he 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 had tears. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about Kenya Martin here. Where, you know, it really affected the family where, you know, they're sitting there, you know, buying season tickets, getting ready for, you know, the game. And it's like, wait, he's been what? Right. Because of him? Oh, no. Nah. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> right? It's, it's uprooting families, you know, that's, sure. you know, especially right now. Everyone just got to school. Like, it's it it, it is difficult, but you know, I, I guess when you have that power, you'll rather be the, the 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 lead horse than the things that are being carried along with it, right? So yeah. if he was traded somewhere else, he would be complaining about his family and uprooting and whoever came with it. So it's it's business. I mean, we've heard people being traded like they're on a team plane, and by the time they landed, they got the update. Yeah, you've been traded. Now he got to go take a. Uh, <laughs> hey, bro. Uh, I've been a part of a few of those, some wild stories, some wild stories. But, and, and the other part of it is not to cut you off, but the other part of it is you do only get a finite amount of time to play in that league. Right. Like, and you know, I've, I've heard general managers say, I'm going to come in, I'm going to make this in the mold that I see it, you know, working the best. And if it doesn't work, that's on me. So basically saying I'm doing it my way. And if it doesn't work, I have no one else to blame for not getting it done. But me, like, I don't want to look back and say I did it somebody else's way and I wasn't true to myself. And so I would say that about a player too. Like James only has a certain amount of time to play. He's taking Mm -hmm. control of his own fucking career. Like, look, 
This is what I think I need to do. I only get so many years to do it. And I'm going to try to orchestrate getting to my end goal as best as I can. And if it doesn't work out, it'll only be me to blame. But I trust that I have a vision and it'll work out. And, and at the end of the day, I can dig that. Yeah, it's it's just it's it's different. Right. You know, um, the Kobe's, the the Jordans, you know, before he went to Washington, the dirt, you know, the Tim Duncan's, you know, there's going to be just a few. You know, the Magic Johnsons, the Larry Burrs, there's only going to be a few, but that's what makes them top, top tiers. They stayed with the same franchise, like, you know, you know, their whole career, but that's the franchise also. That's not the player themselves. It's the franchise doing their part, right? You're doing your part to want to win, to keep bringing in pieces, to try. Think about all the trades that, just your team would have made if it was up to the players, right? Everybody at damn near have championships or these competitive yeah. teams. Like the relationships we have with each other, like, hey, yo, hey, you know, I know you're making three million. But we got three, we got four and a half over here if you want to come to the, like, and then the owner's like, ah, yeah, we don't need that player right now. Like, how do, how do you know <laughs> we need, <laughs> right? right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm telling you what I mesh with, what plays well, what what we need to be successful. You know, there's there's deals that players would have made if they had the checkbook that would have got organization championships. That's fair. What was the biggest almost in your career, Gilbert, where you almost played here, you almost played here that you thought, Damn, that could have been cool. Like the near misses on a trade or anything, maybe when you were in your prime, what was the, who, who do you think you could have played with the almost? Okay, so when I was a fr- my first free agent year, 2002, 2003, um, I think, is that the D-Wade? So uh, signing to Miami as a free agent, teaming up with Dwayne Wade. Mm. Ooh. Uh, yeah. That, and so wait. I- and late, and maybe later, Shaq. I don't know how the numbers yeah, would have worked. I don't know. Been, okay, it'd have been what, three years later. It'd have been championship with Shaq, um, or four <laughs> years later, it'd been championship with Shaq. Um, same same year, going to the, my original destination, Denver, with Melo coming in. Mm. Oof. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with Melo coming in, and you know that's Kenyon Martin would have came in two years later. Like, you know, but that's all. Like, I could have been the one of the pieces that was traded for Shaq to get Shaq over there. Right. So, sure. you know, um, that year when I was a free agent and signing as a free agent to the Lakers were with the play with Kobe, but that was right after the gun situation. And that you sabotaged that, didn't you? You didn't, yeah, you, you sabotaged yeah. that workout, didn't you? Oh, man, I was, I was on kill mode too. <laughs> man, I felt great, but out of the respect of, my battles with Kobe, the player that he went against wasn't the same player. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't as confident. The knee wasn't as, as you know, strong. And I just couldn't give him the agent zero. I was falling more back to being Gilbert Arenas, right, at that time in my career. So it's like, yeah, this is not the, this is not the product that I give a soldier. Out of respect. Out of respect. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. Jump into the NBA action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. Plus, 
All customers get three months of NBA League Pass courtesy of FanDuel when they place a $5 bet on the NBA. Tonight, I think I'm going to take Joel Embiid playing the Raptors. I'm going to take the over on points for him. Pistons, Pelicans in New Orleans. I'm going to take the Pistons with the points. And Suns, Spurs, Suns at home. I think I'm going to take the Suns to win and cover. That way you can watch all the action as you bet on everything from point spreads to player props. Best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. So don't miss your chance to get $150 in bonus bets plus three months of NBA League Pass. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RingerNBA and tip off the NBA season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Limit one pass per customer. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. NBA League Pass. Local blackout restrictions apply. You just referenced uh, Jordan Poole. I want to talk about more of the situation and the player. You came under similar circumstances, I think. You came to the Wizards in 03 where it's, I mean, they have a new they have a new front office, so I don't want to put it too much on, you know, just being that as dire maybe as your situation. But how do you, whatever you want to say about Jordan Poole, he at least says he wants to lead this team to a whatever, to, to heights. How do you do that as a young player, specifically in that organization? How do you how how do you how would you approach that when you are at the bottom? Because you were a part of teams, you were helped build them with Antoine Jameson and you know Larry Hughes and a lot of these guys. But how do you build that from the ground up when you're with an organization historically hasn't been successful? Um, he has the blueprint because he came from you know Golden State. So he he knows how, you know, practices are ran. He knows what uh like Steph looks like, right? He he really understands the the guy that, you know, people are um comparing to Magic Johnson. You know what his work ethic is. So you know what he stood on, the principle he stood on for a lead guard, right? You take you you so you have a mode, you have a foundation to take. Right now, you just imply that to your everyday practice. Now, when it comes to just the game itself, the way he's playing a game, he's playing it from a four-time champion now versus you know the two thousand four five you know Steph, where Steph wasn't doing the turnaround shot, he wasn't taking the silly shots to make Sports Center, and I think that's where Jordan Poole is falling right now. It's like you want to be more of a highlight reel in a gimmick, right? Instead of being like a, a star player, right? A star player, 95% of your game is basic basketball. Just getting your buckets, playing the right way. And when you're on fire, that's when you, you know, hype up the crowd. But for the most part, you're, you're making just great plays. Right now, he's 95 to 5. 95 is he's trying to entertain and trying to get the woos and the ahs. And, you know, that's, that's the gimmick player. Yeah, that, that's an interesting point. And I had never really looked at it from that perspective, but it makes a ton of sense, right? Like he, you know, you're essentially saying in, instead of instead of modeling himself after after Steph and picking a good place on Steph's arc as a as a superstar to insert himself like earlier on the arc, he didn't skip mm-hmm. all of that and he's inserting himself right into the finished product. And that that would be something if I were a teammate that I would look at as kind of flaw, kind of some bullshit. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> you know, like I know, we see through that shit real quick. Like I have a lot of respect for you if you come in there, you know, on the humble with winning, you know, in your DNA because you've been there and you approach it like, listen, this is work, fellas. Like we're going to let me show you how to get from here to there. But you can't come in and say, yo, I'm already there. Let me just start catting off and 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 acting the fool. And 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 to some degree, I can dig what you're saying there. And I, I you know, I, I got a question for you, Gil, because it was never really my, you know, in high school and college, yes, I was a primary scorer, but in a situation like that where you're coming in, there are other people on that team that that full feel fully capable in their ability to score the ball. And you know, like I know, it's not always an easy dynamic um amongst young teams to figure out who is going to be the primary. Like people can talk that shit, but everybody who can score thinks they should score. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so how, how did you like 
and it could be as simple as I just bust everybody's ass every day in practice. But what, what, what did that look like? That pathway to like, yo, I'm here. I can score. I know some of you want to score too. Like, no, fuck. Look, I am the, I am the engine that makes this shit run. Everybody understands that now. Now we can fill in around, you know, the edges with supplementary pieces. Everyone can play a different role, but I got y'all. What did that look like? So with me going to Washington, you know, there's Larry Hughes already there. We got Jerry Stackhouse there. Yeah. Right. So, you know, he averaged 20 with Jordan, and him and Jordan was, they right. didn't think he could you know, have a backseat <laughs> to Jordan. So, you know what I mean? Right. So, um, and then we have, you know, Kwame Brown there, right? Who's, you know, he's supposed to be the emerge of when Jordan left. So, I got, I got to DC like middle August, call Larry, oh, I'm coming to town. Let's start hooping, right? So, when you're talking about earning respect, Right. It has to be in the work ethic first. Right. Um, it, it's like being a show pony. Right. You know, it's like we, when you're getting ready to race your car, you rubbing the engine up first. Like, oh, shit, what he got? What he got under the hood? Yep. So when I first got there, it was conditioning for me. So before we played pickup. Right. I'm running the bleachers, the top tier bleachers. I'm running full. Then coming down to play. Right. You know, oh, I got I got this dude picking up full court, letting Jerry Stackhouse and them see, yo, like I'm here to like, like win. I'm I'm here to be a part of it yeah. after running the bleachers up and down. So they're seeing this dude like, because if you can't beat me in practice, then we're gonna have, you know what I mean? So yeah. I just I just stood on that I'm gonna let my work ethic for the, the the next month push me in front of all the other guys. So, you know. Forget my pay, judge me on my work ethic. So from there, it just gained the confidence of, you know, Larry Hughes and uh, Jerry Stackhouse. So, you know, when we first started, like, it was no, like, it was no clash with me, but the young guys, you know, me, um, Kwame Brown, um, you know, Jerry, it was one of them things. And then, you know, we had a conversation where Jerry was basically like, yo, you know, you're not going to go, you know, he was talking to one of the other players, you're not going to go from five to, to 30 points, right? You went from, you averaged five last year, you're going to average about seven, nine this year. And that right there, that says, basically, Gil, you have the green light. And once I got the green light from, you know, you know, the alpha on the team, I just took off. And then That's from sure. there, it was just making sure when they decided to judge me, they're judging me that, you know, dude comes to practice every single day hard. He's going hard. He this, this, this. So when they be like, yo, GA passed the ball or that ref, my work ethic stood stood tall. And I yeah. don't think a lot of people understand that. Like your, your work ethic has to stand first. So when people want to challenge it, it's, ah, you know, you know, he comes in early, leaves late. Like, ah, I can't, you know what I mean? I can't really. <laughs> Logan, you remember when you asked me, this was maybe four pods ago, how, how Jordan Poole had to approach that when he went there to lead that? Do you remember what I said? It was almost verbatim what Gil just told you he did when he went there to kind of to grab the reins of that. Come in on the humble. It's a lot. It's a lot of work. Just watch what I do. Yeah, yes. just watch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. I I think also about your the the the, uh, the Wizards tenure of your career uh, as just even defined by the battles you have with LeBron, right? Where mm -hmm. um, you know you 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 play against this young guy that is that is you know coming of age as you're coming of age. You guys are the, the stars of the league. What does it seem like for you to see kind of fa how far he's taken it? And you know you've also seen him. You guys have close, and you always you know you reference. Um, you know, his work ethic in L.A. and just how, how he's kind of evolved there. But what is the biggest evolution you've seen from the LeBron that you played against to LeBron he has become now? If someone asked me, if I'd never seen LeBron the last 19 years, and I seen him the first time I seen him when I, when I came to the uh, condo with Larry, he would play the same 20 years later. From that first introduction of LeBron, I would be like, I can see that. When, when I first walked in, right, he had the four TVs with the TiVo inside of them. And it looked like a sports bar where he's watching everything. High school, basketball, girls, basketball, soccer. Like, it was a machine-like mind where he's watching everything. Like, um, and that's what we 
what we lost to, we lost to someone who was just smarter than us, right? So now when you fast forward and look at him now, it's a guy who studied history, right? Understood where, all right, where did Jordan, you know, fall? Where did Shaq, how did this guy play 20 years? What was he doing? You know, I'm pretty sure he, he's the type that will have called Kareem. Hey, when did you start taking yoga? Oh, 38. I'm going to start doing it at 34, right? He, <laughs> right? That was That's the type of guy that he is where he's trying to figure out all the people who lasted this long, understanding longevity, right? Going to the gym at 1.30 to prepare on, prepare for the game at 7.30, right? So it was just, it, it was, it's the preparation that he took it serious. He, he went into it, I need to play 20 years, and that's what he accomplished. I mean, let's let's stay on the Lakers then, because uh, as as great as great as as he is, um, and as remarkable. I mean, last night was incredible, right? Like somebody in that, like who does that? That's it's incredible mm-hmm. shit. Um, I am still of the mindset that you can't ask him to be on that at that pace for that many minutes over the course of a season and expect him to be able to bring you home at the end of a season. It's just. It's never been done before. And if anyone could, it would be him. I concede that. But why risk that, right? So then it brings me to like the supporting cast. And, you know, I'm I'm on AD a lot. Um, and I am. And it's, and listen, I'm, look, I'm not saying that he's not a phenomenal player, but like, I, I guess I would be asking you, what do you think they need to do? Is it a move? Is it simply, do you believe in AD to be the 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 the, the one that can carry that, you know, in a way that will allow them to win a championship if LeBron isn't able to kind of, let's say he's playing 60 games or 65 games and it's not an every night thing in the playoffs where you're going to get that performance. Is is AD capable? Um, do we need another piece there? Like, what does is, what is Gil think? Yes, I, I think um, as a Laker fan, I think um, that the Lakers organization is delusional. And they're delusional. <laughs> <laughs> The delusion is we got our, our producers are <laughs> Laker fans. Relax, <laughs> Gil. <laughs> I'm a Laker fan, but that's what makes me say it. That the delusion of what you're watching, right? To to we know how he's playing, right? But to go into the free agent as LeBron's the number one option was the mistake that you're making. Right. You should say, all right, mentally, LeBron is 38. Right. He's going to he's 38, 39. We need someone to come in as our first to second option. Right. We need our Jason Tatum. We need our Karat. I mean, um, Kyrie. Right. That that should have been a big move for them, knowing that we do have LeBron James. But if you take him out of the equation, how good is the team? Because in a sense, if you're relying on a 38, 39 year old, you are delusional. I don't, I don't care what he's looking like. He's 38, 39. Man, I saw him in Sacramento. He looked every bit of 39. It, he, he still he, he looks. I mean, he's still LeBron, but he's he's still he's old. He is old. <laughs> I know, but that's what I'm saying. It's like so. That's what if we're relying on 39 years old, then something is wrong with us as an organization. We should have made all the right moves to get someone in here who can carry the team, knowing that ah, we got LeBron. <laughs> we do have LeBron. And I think we went into it saying, we have LeBron. We don't need anybody else. Like, ah. Yeah, you need that insurance. You need that damn insurance policy. I bet you need that insurance policy. And and AD, I think I think why we get on AD is we know he's weird. Joel Embiid and Jokic and, and, and Greek the Freak is. We know that's the level you're on. The difference is they are playing every goddamn game. They're, they're there for their team. Like You speak in Roger's language right now. Oh, you know? I don't even know. <laughs> like right now, what's stopping you from averaging 32, 31, and 12? Him? They're one in the NBA besides yourself. Yeah, him. Just, he's the one stopping it. Yes. Look at them legs over there, man. Come on. Flipping them things up so we can get the moving, man. (laughs) But Uh, we we put LeBron. This is this is what we if we take LeBron James and put him in Philly with Maxi and Joel Embiid, that's what the lake, that's what we should be looking like on this side. Yeah. 
Just get it done, AD. Like if AD turns into the number one option where he's like, yo, I'm 33 and 12, and we have D'Lo playing the way he's playing, LeBron 20, we good. Because we Correct. still got LeBron. <laughs> but the yeah. problem is AD is taking the backseat to LeBron, which kind of like, come on, he's 38, man. Just lay yo, get, get, get out the way, brother. I got this. That look, that that so, so. You know, as we as we work our way through the weeds on that, right? Like that, I think is is one of the most underrated parts of it, and the, and it's not touched on enough. Um, LeBron LeBron thought that torch was going to be passed, right? It it didn't it didn't get passed. Now this is going to sound crazy, but part of that is LeBron's fault, not not because of anything he did, but because of the reverence that I think that like an AD has for LeBron. Can you dig what I'm saying? Like he's mm-hmm. still. You know, they're boys, but I think still kind of probably in big bro. That's big bro. Do you know what I mean? And that's what I touch on with AD. It's not a skill set thing. It's a mentality thing. Because dudes who will take that torch and run with that shit, they don't have a big bro. Yeah, and they, they are big bro. They are yeah. Debo. So they're like, yo, get the fuck out of the way, LeBron. Like, sit down, motherfucker. I, I mean, they're this. Kyrie. They're Kyrie in 2017, 2018. Straight up. Straight up. And so, like, that. Yeah. that's the thing, right? Like, you, you... You know, that's the crazy part about the the, the makeup of the individual in, in that situation might prevent him from fully saying, yo, this is this is mine. And LeBron is OK with this being mine because LeBron knows it needs to be mine. And I don't think he's at the, he for whatever reason. He ain't on that. But to your point that it always comes with chaos, though, right? If you want to if you want to this, there's no passing, no torches. The torches get taken. They don't get passed like the same with uh, like. You had that with Kyrie a few years ago, and you had that with Kobe, with Kobe and Shaq, where he's like, "Nah, man, this is my team. I want to. I want this right here, and it causes friction. I don't see a world where you just pass batons. Like it, even like in San Antonio, Kawhi, they couldn't. They it had trouble doing that. You know, like it's hard. You can't pass it because it has to be earned. And when you feel you earn something, you're not asking for it, right? You're not asking, even though the guy's like, "Here you go." That has to be earned. Like, yeah, just give it there. Like, I, I know you hold it, but let me, like, I can grab it softly, or I can just, just go ahead and give it to me. Like, that makes, like, oh, okay, you, oh, you want to be a big boy now? Yeah. All right, let's see. Right? And I don't think that's where they are. Even no matter how many conversations you have, um, that's not something that can be talked about. Like, like nobody realized when I was in Golden State, the last four or five minutes, I was the guy taking all the shots. I was the the fourth, fifth option on the team. The last five minutes, I'm the number one option. There was no conversation. This is what I'm going to do, right? If you didn't do it better than me, ask for the ball at the end. And then I had to prove points where I wouldn't shoot the whole game. Now we down. Now, hey, GA, you going to shoot? Ah, yep. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) We need you. There we go. That's all you had to say. Right. So, <laughs> right. And from there, so when, you know, I left and then uh, Antoine came back, there was no conversation on who was the number one option. Right. There was none. Mm-hmm. You know, he just won six man of the year. He's the max player. He's coming here. There's no conversation. We already know. It's already been established two years prior when we was at Golden State together. I think you're both right, but I don't think LeBron fights him for it. Can you dig what I'm saying? Like Shaq wasn't ready to. LeBron understands in a way that 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 I mean because he's one of the greatest of all time and he's played longer than I, like he he understands his time. So I don't think he fights him for it. But to to the point you all made, AD got to take the shit. Like LeBron's got to see you want the motherfucker before he says yeah. I'll give it to you. Yeah, I mean, he's trying cool. to give it to him without even seeing you want the motherfucker. He's, just, he's like, here. He's like, please take it. <laughs> even with Kyrie. Like, look, I don't think people understand how, like, smart LeBron is. Like, he understands what he can do and what others can do. Like, there was no fight over the ball with Kyrie. He understood, hey, I'm going to do my thing first three quarters. Kyrie. There was here. a game in San Antonio, like their first year together. You remember that, Gil? I don't know. There was a game where they went to San Antonio and Kyrie and had like Kyrie a won the ball. game. Damn near won the game by themselves, like a double over. That was the time where that was the give me that fucking baton game. I was like, no, this is it's mine. Thank mm-hmm. you. And then he understood what his talent is. Oh, use a finisher. Here you go. Mm-hmm. And that's how they played the game. And that's what made them so successful. Uh, last question for you before we get to real one of the week. 
Um, who's the contender we're not talking about right now? What's the one? Who's the one that we that probably should be getting a little more more pub that we're not giving at this moment? When it comes to contenders, there's only usually like four or five. Um, there's really not a whole list. You're gonna have you have Boston, Milwaukee. You have, I mean, if Lakers can get there, you have Lakers, Suns, and Denver. Those are your 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 five. Um, a dark horse. Ah. <laughs> 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 ah, I mean, it's you know, it's like a dark horse out of the group. Ah, can I? I, 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 mean, I mean, you know, Clippers. I mean, but I mean, once that trade happened, everybody's oh, Clippers might be the favorite. So I don't think so about I don't think so on the Clippers end, man. I I, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. I don't, I don't know if they have the health and nor like. Also, a bigger thing that we I was talking about uh, earlier with someone. You just need continuity to win a championship, right? Like they're going to be learning on the fly with each other. Um, Kawhi, ha, Kawhi and PG have not shown to be healthy. You have to integrate another person that has to have the ball at all times with James Harden. I just don't see that happening in time. Whereas a Denver who was just a well-oiled machine, then you have uh, Phoenix who pretty, who knows each other. And then you have all the, the, the teams are the ones Boston who the two J's. I just don't, I just know you have to win championships with continuity. And I just don't think the Killippers will have that. Now, you know, like th- that's the surprise though. Um, this is not February. This is not. This is not February. This is like. It's a good point. I, I've, never, I've never seen a trade this early in the season. You know, right out of training camp, right? So when you're talking about only three to four games in, right? Um, Other than the last time James Harden got traded, <laughs> you know, we're, we're talking about three to four games into the season. So you know, um, they they're they're going to build this chemistry, especially since they are friends from summer from childhood. Um, if James Harden decides to be uh, a shooting guard, like I need to be, you know, Clay, a Clay type, a guy who can spot up, a guy who can come off screens, pin downs, little Ray Allen style type of game, just make sure I'm not holding the ball as much. They actually will be scary because even without the two that usually get hurt, um, James Harden and Westbrook is good enough to hold down the fort while those guys are are down. So the fact that you got four guys that can really put the ball in the basket, that can really just take over games, that's unheard of, especially since they're all young, in a sense. They're, you know, it's not like when GP and Carmelo went to the Lakers in 04, where, you know... They, they, they they're about up. two years earlier than that, but they're almost there. They're all, they, they're almost yeah. there. They're, they're I mean, Kawhi has the, has the body of like a 45-year-old man at this point. I mean, he has no knees at this point. I, I, I don't know. We'll see, Gil. We'll see. They, they can do it, though. They, can, they can probably can. I and mean, I'm not a Clipper fan, so I don't really want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. We'll see. Let's get to, uh, before we get you out of here, let's get to, it's Thursday, so let's get to Real One of the Week, where we shout out a person, entity, organization that won the week. I'm going to start, and then we'll go to uh, Ron, and then we'll go to Gil. I'm going to start off, and we'll go with Bruce Bochy of the uh, manager of the Texas Rangers. Um, I remember when he was at the, with the San Francisco Giants, won all them chips, and now he did it in the American League. So shout out to Bruce Bochy. Who you got, Roger? Man, that was so superficial, though, bro. You ain't had no... You tell me something about Bruce Bochy. Give me, give me he, some. He, give he, me, give me, he was a, other, he was a manager other, of the other, San Francisco Giants. This guy. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a slow week. It's a, it's a slow week. <laughs> it's a slow week. All right, listen, because it's that slow, and I'm just super proud, I'm going to give my, my baby girl, Kaya Croy, um, the real one of the week. She is uh, on her first travel soccer team. She's playing 7U. Um, and they gave out the first gold jersey award of the season for this team, which goes to like coachability, hustle, hard work, overall attitude. And she earned the first one of the season for the for the Western Select um, girls seven and eight U soccer. So real one of the week, Kaya Croy. Oh, let's fucking go. Yep. Who's your real one of the week, Gil? Real one of the week. As a Laker fan, it's only been two games, but I'm going to have to give it to D'Angelo Russell. 
I mean, yeah. it's, oh, it's of the week, Gil. It's of the no, week. Hey, hey, veins, he's been, he's been, think about the last time we seen him in the playoffs last year, you know, he, you know, he gave us 0 and 4 and 3 and 2. So the fact that he's been 20 plus for the last, that's all I need from D'Lo. Just give me back ice veins. And that's, yeah. that's who I'm giving. That's who I got to be proud of. I'm not even going to lie. That takes for all sure. the AD ain't stepping up. That takes all pressure from LeBron. <laughs> for sure. Yo, man. We're, we're, okay. You know what? I was, you was, I was right. I was superficial in my ruin of the week. I'm not replacing it, but I do need to give a shout out. Shout out Cheesecake Factory because it's been the name has been gone through the mud over the last week and a half. Yeah, like and it what? is endured. Yeah. It is endured. Right. So shout out to Cheesecake Factory. Hey, hey, hey take the, take the smut off of Cheesecake Factory's name and go get you some cheesecake. Stop playing. If we go, if we going petty like that, then I have to give it up to Joe Smith wife. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, oh, hey, hey, shit. Man, okay. <laughs> Whatever brings in the bacon, I guess. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Anyway, you can check out Gil. You can check out you can check out Gil on Gil's Arena and No Chill with Gil Pod. Hey, shout out to uh, what y'all doing, uh, Gil's Arena. Bravo Fed. Shout out to Josiah. Shout out to Lexi. Shout out to all the homies. Um, we'll have you on again soon, bro. I love what y'all doing over there, man. What, what can we? What can, can you tell all the, all the viewers when we can see it? I think it's Tuesday to Fridays, but I want to make sure that you guys are. Oh, Monday, when you guys Monday to Thursday, eleven okay, uh, eleven thirty a.m. Uh, you know Pacific time. So you know, you know, right now we're just trying to, you know, be a be an athlete and you know get our voice uh, across and you know give our little funny takes. And that's what's up. For sure, man. We'll have you on again soon, man. Thanks so much. Uh, that was another edition of uh, Real Ones. See you guys on Monday with Howard motherfucking Beck. Talk to y'all soon. Bye. Must be 21 years and older and president in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com backslash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, one 888 789-7777 or visit ccpg.org backslash chat in Connecticut 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana 1-800-522-4700 or visit KS Gambling Help in Kansas 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or visit 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.